Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before God, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed, as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this. Let it depart from the tents of your holy nation and stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. May the service be presented into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. Before we continue to study the depths of our inheritance, our unsearchable inheritance in Jesus Christ, the book of Luke 24, 44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, These are the words that I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And saying these words, he began to rise, and the cloud took him from their sight. Setting our inheritance in Jesus Christ, what had happened with him and was fulfilled about him needs to be fulfilled for us as well upon the condition that we are his body. And so all that is written in the laws and the prophets and the Psalms need to be fulfilled about us as Jesus Christ, as it was for Jesus Christ as our head. And so for us as the participants of the body of Christ to share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about him in scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the word of God and with the Holy Spirit, who reveals the truth in the heart, what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life, so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. Ephesians 4:22 through 24, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness. This is our mutual calling. If we will comprehend it, then we are the happiest people on earth. And we can be calm in this calling, and we're not afraid of what's happening to 
in the world that always has happened, but in the last times, last days, it will be more and more of it. As Christ has said, there will be wars and there will be also rumors of wars. Don't be afraid because these things need to occur. Lift your heads, your faces to the Lord as your deliverance is near. When war is happening in the Muslim world and they by the hundred thousands are dying and their people, that their children are become orphans, the Arab Emirates, there are also hundreds of thousands that die and none of us are worried <clears throat> and everything is calm. But when there's hysteria started that there's a war in Ukraine, everyone's afraid, they're calling me. <clears throat> yes, they call us from Ukraine, our people, they say, Pastor, what do we do? And I said, stay in your, uh, either in your basement or if you can leave, you can also uh, leave because they have, uh, they put students, uh, many, many students in, in, in schools and there's a war, but it's, it's an operation to destroy uh, uh, specific things within Ukraine. It's not directly against Ukraine, it's to deliver Ukraine from the uh, followers of Benderov. A person who was never a Ukrainian, uh, he had started this terrorist organization in Poland and then he uh, was uh, favorable to Hitler and killed Polish people and other people and and so when the uh, government was taken over, these people, it's, it's harsh. Many of our relatives, our friends are there. And so what do we do? Do we worry? We need to pray for them, that God protect them. There are people that say, let us pray for Zelensky and for Ukraine. It's written, pray for kings. But Zelensky is not a king. Zelensky, Zelensky is a servant of King Biden, and what Biden says, Zelensky does. You need to pray for Biden. It depends on Biden what will happen in Ukraine. And so, right now, these two strong powers, are, these large powers, this, uh, are fighting. And so, those have made. Ukraine anti-Russia, it's strange when Pentecostals, uh, people would get into buses and drive to Maidan and they would go there and do their work there. And so they would shout there and do you think that there will not be a vengeance for this? Of course there will be. And so of course many people are not guilty, but war does not determine who's guilty or not guilty. And so let us pray for kings. We live in America. Let us pray for the our kings, for Biden. Because a lot depends on him and his team. It will determine whether we live better or worse. If the next president comes, uh, whomever God will give, I am confident that we have enough saints 
in America. America will not be put in chaos as many want, because right now almost all of the world wants uh, America to get into come into chaos. Uh, Europe wants this too. And so, and they are afraid of America and they need to be obedient to America. Uh, and so some have, of course, uh, stood out and said that they're not afraid. And we need to understand that there will not be a nuclear bomb or, or war. People are afraid, They're, they believe in this. If Putin had brought atomic bombs and prepared them, he prepared them because he's uh, received news that America had brought their own. And so if, and so who knows what will happen. Uh, they say Putin might start bombing uh, Europe. He won't do it now. He will uh, do it later, though, when they start attacking Israel. Him or whomever else will be in charge there. Uh, the northern country will destroy Europe. And then the Lord will destroy those in Armageddon when they will kill millions of Jews. This will be the final harvest when they said, let his blood be on us and our children, this will be their final uh, the price and uh, for, for what they said. And so everything's happening uh, the way it's supposed to. Don't pray just for anything. Pray for you and your children. Why are you praying for Zelensky, who is a servant of Biden, who absolutely does not rule anything in is in in uh, Ukraine he doesn't control anything he I feel sad sorry for him he's by nationality he's a Jew but let us not forget who we are we are also Jews a Jew is someone who is a foreigner a sojourner we are not our our own and so the whole world is an evil and lies in evil, and Ukraine, Russia, America, Japan, all of the countries are already condemned by God for destruction. Remember this. The world is already condemned, and the time is just to, to come that this will happen. We don't need to pray that the Lord save the world and countries. We need to pray that God save the people that are within these countries, His own people, the saints, that He keep them about them we need to pray. And so our calling is to put, put off our former way of life, our old man who grows corrupt according to his deceitful lusts. If we will not do this, we won't fulfill this calling. The heavens will be close to us. I understand people who didn't know this, but tried to live a holy life and killed these lusts in themselves, not understanding uh, specifically what they were doing, but trying to do this. God, in some way, gave them knowledge that they they need to fight with these lusts, with these passions inside, but they weren't instructed specifically how to do this. To be made new by the spirit of your mind, so that you can put on the new self, clothe your body to the new person. It's important at the door of our hope when Christ will come, before He comes, 
we need to clothe our bodies into the new person because God will clothe our bodies into the new person by using our confessions and how can we confess if we didn't accept this or know what it is but glory to God that we do know what this is we have uh, we hold on to this promise and it has become living in you and resurrected and it's growing in its power and its glory and so God will keep you as well as those saints that are in Ukraine, in Russia, in Japan in Korea, wherever God's saints are, God knows how to keep them. At the time of earthquakes and floods, God still saves His own. When there are great wars in Israel, uh, during the time when uh, of Israel uh, of wars in Israel that took place, God protected His own. Israel that uh, acted wickedly before God, they still took God's prophets and sat them at the king's table and would make them rulers of their own empires and gave from their uh, royal, uh, t- from the from the king's table and the, they would put royal garments on them and they let them live wherever they wanted to live and however they p- pleased to live. All prophecies, if anyone is not fulfilling them, they can, they can be killed. That is what kings did when Israel fell. Today, Christianity has fallen in its most part. It has not accepted the calling to cast off of themselves their old man. They've received the calling to evangelize. It's unfortunate, but all this is focused on evangelism, evangelism, and the more these services grow, these mega churches, because of so-called evangelism, but these people that are within these churches they're absolutely not taught what sin is and how to sanctify themselves. And so people don't know what sin is. Their conscience no longer judges them. I, I'm not talking about American churches. I'm talking about all congregations all over the face of the world. It's no different than, they're no different. And so the church, for the most part, everywhere has fallen. But there is God's remnant that has not fallen on earth. And they are the bride will be the bride and are the bride to fulfill this decree and commandment <clears throat> they utilize three destiny impacting commanding and fundamental requirements so that they could put something off be renewed with something and put on something specifically fulfilling these three destiny impacting commanding and fundamental requirements will determine whether we whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath. Or more specifically, will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed, which identifies the deposit or guarantee of our justification that is given to us in salvation, where we need to turn the three above-mentioned acts into profit in the death of the Lord Jesus so that in salvation, or that so that salvation can become our possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Otherwise, we will forever lose the justification that is given to us in the format of a deposit. Which is why then our names, that when we made a covenant of blood, a covenant of salt, and covenant of peace with God in the baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire, that were written into the book of life in the format of the given to us guarantee will forever be blotted out of the book of life. in a specific format. We already looked at the process contained in the first two requirements and stopped to study the process of the third requirement and specifically what conditions do we need to fulfill 
so that by the means of our already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of the glory of our new person that is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. And relevant to this, we stopped to study the allegories, parables, and we've been studying, we've been studying many allegories, parables, and stopped to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, where the Holy Spirit with the wisdom and authority that He alone has reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon or God Most High. Because David in the Psalm turns to God and calls Him El Elyon. In Hebrew, that in the Russian language means, and other language means, Most High. And this condition consists in us calling upon the Most High as to our God and proclaiming the faith of our heart when we are in the circumstances of our tight situation, casting off of, casting off our old man. We call upon Him, stating who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, and what do we need to do so that we can inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. We note that the given allegory is one of the most powerful and voluminous examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David with the name of God Most High and their violent conflict with our carnal mind and in the form of King Saul and with governing sin as our old person with his deeds. And he uses our emotions and our lusts, our old man, and so our carnal mind serves the old man and the lusts of our of, its, of our soul. The new or renewed mind will only serve the interests of the new person and the spirit. And it is by the means of the collaboration of our faith with the faith of God consisting of who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, and what do we need to do to inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ so that God can receive the proper basis that He needs to join the battle for our earthly body so He can shame the governing within our body sin, which is the old person with his deeds, with the crushing power of his redemption, and with noise forever thrust him out into hell. Until a specific time, he will be within us, but he won't have power because he'll be bound. Many of us have done this already. And when you bind him, he doesn't uh, have us at that kind of power over you. You may sense his uh, old, <clears throat> his original works that were in you, but you can. <clears throat> you feel like you can overcome them easily. And you don't say the things that you used to say, but you say what is now in, concealed in your heart. In its character, the first Psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of our legitimate prayer belonging to king, kings, priests, and prophets. The first part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which it's, of course, our, our heart as well as warriors in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer, intrinsic to kings, priests, and prophets. The kind of heart we have, the state of the heart we have, is how our prayer will be. Not all have the right to pray as kings, priests, and prophets, but only those that are truly kings, priests, and prophets <clears throat> all pray, but their prayer is like the prayer of Hagar or prayer of people who are not part of the temple. They're not priests, 
they are not part of the temple and they can't approach God. They think they're approaching God when they speak in tongues. That's what they think. They think they approach God when they uh, come to the icon of 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 any saint or or any uh, what they consider holy person, icon or idol, and then they light a candle and they think they uh, <coughs> they come close to God in that way. <coughs> and so you can only approach God when you become a king, priest, and prophet, when your mind is renewed and becomes a king. And so then he is obedient to the priest, your new person, who, and he is able then to control his uh, emotions, his feelings, and they these become servants of righteousness. Second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver us in the form of David from the hands of all of our enemies, within our body as well as out of our body. The third part illustrates the prayer battle itself. It contains an epic genre, which is beyond the limitations of the typical human mind of man. When <clears throat> there's lightning and there's thunder, and the Lord became angry and coals of fire that, that came <clears throat> a very interesting illustration where God came out and began to battle for our body. It's describing what God does when we give Him the legitimate basis, what power He uses to shame governing sin within our body and clothe our body into incorruption. He utilizes all of the angelic armies that are, we may not see them, but they are together with us. Right now these armies came, come down and listen to what is being said. More attentively even than some may be listening who sit here. <clears throat> because what, what I'm saying, they don't know. It becomes known to them through us so that it may be known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places uh, the wisdom of God. And this is the wisdom of God that's being revealed. God doesn't reveal it to angels. He reveals it to His children. And angels are God's creation. They are not born from God. We are His children. And they have the great honor to see the children of God because they can't. They don't see the Father uh, God Himself, but they see His children. And they don't see our physical face or our physical appearance. They see our, our spiritual person, how wonderful he is, how beautiful he is. And every one of us <clears throat> have a specific quality reflection of, of the Heavenly Father. And, and by this uh, image or reflection, they get the idea then of how God is and how God looks. Because... Angels are servants, and they are sent to serve those who are to inherit salvation. In a specific format, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David, which are the are his eight names, or the eight names of God, this power in his eight names, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can 
so that we can be saved from our enemies. And God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens the power of his names within the heart of David provided God with the legitimate basis he needed to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against his enemies. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1-4. And so, while we continue to study these eight names, we will, every time, together, <clears throat> proclaim before God who He is to us. All of us together, Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord confirm this, these words. May he make them clear upon your heart so that, as it is written, the reader can easily read it. And as it says, although it tarries, wait for it. Although it tarries, it will be fulfilled. What God has said, he will fulfill and nothing will get in his way. And so if it tarries, the point of that is so that we grow spiritually mature. As much as the Lord has allowed, and according to the measure of our faith, we already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus in the power of five names of God in the form of strength, rock, fortress, deliverer, and living rock, and stop to study our unsearchable inherited lot in Christ Jesus contained in the name of God, living shield. Considering that the given nature of prayer, where David confesses his, in, his inherited lot in the eight names of God Most High, identify the covenant that is made between God and man, getting to know the eight names of God which identify God's covenant with us, is a, for us a strategic teaching which has purpose to be the calling of every warrior in prayer, ones that have the virtue of a king, priest, and prophet, who are anointed to rule over the earthly body. And so... Our prayers need to be strategic. We need to know how to pray and what to pray about. We need to pray with the words that come out of the mouth of God. And these words are good. They are God's promises and they are put into our heart. If a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to govern over his calling, which is his mortal body, in the status of a king, priest, and prophet, so that he can change it into the virtue of a heavenly body, then this revelation that is purposed for worshiping God in prayer will not benefit him in any way, because due to his stiff neck, he has refused the given to him by God calling to save his soul, so that he can adopt his body by the truth that is contained in the redemption of Christ. The name of God and the virtue of our living shield is presented in Scripture as a living protection that is ranked in Scripture for warriors in prayer as their military armor or military weaponry. And so living words that we confess. The purpose of such a living shield is called by God to block us and protect us as warriors in prayer who battle for the interests of the will of God. Therefore, the name of God in the form of our living shield consists in standing between us and our enemies, and in this way take upon himself the hits of the perverse, vile curse 
that is passed on to us by the corrupt seed of the sinful life of our fathers in the flesh. And to give God the legitimate foundation to stand at our right side as well as between us and our enemies so that in the one and other situation he can take the hits that are directed at us by our enemies upon himself, it is necessary for us to collaborate our faith with, with the name of God living shield. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Exodus 14, 19-20. And so why did God go behind them? Because ancient uh, during the time of ancient wars uh, their back was never protected they always were defending themselves from the front and another warrior needed to be behind him to be able to protect him that way it is the same thing with us why is it and I heard a voice behind me say why does God not speak from uh, in front because we are armed. But God will not be speaking against this armor. <clears throat> he is light. And so that's why he would tell, uh, as a Moses, remove your shoes from your feet because this is a, a tool as a light to, for the world. And so he forced them, he told them to remove his shoes before he spoke with them. Why? so that he may not be a light to him because he is a light to us in this moment. And so we are clothed into the armor of light and he speaks with us from behind. These are, of course, symbolic things. And so when God speaks in visions to man, then they will hear them, the, these voices from behind. <clears throat> but when God speaks uh, inside, of course, the person will hear it from within. In the given circumstances, when the Egypt of our soul tries to return us or take us back to slavery, our new person, collaborating with the name of God's shield, will hear the noise of the pursuing enemy who is targeting him, the one from whom he was initially delivered. And it happens that this fatal hit that is directed against our liberty from sin falls upon Christ at this moment. Christ will take upon himself because if he has redeemed us from sin and sin attacks us, but he has redeemed us from this sin. If we have accepted this redemption, then the sin falls upon him. Redeemed meaning he has taken the sin upon himself. He had become sin for us. And of course, he's taken from the earth and then nailed to the cross. As it is written, I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children because zeal for your house has eaten me up and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Psalm 69.8.9, because he began to defend the house of the Heavenly Father, and his house is us. Therefore, the quality and lexicon in identifying the name of God's shield, as with the previous names of God Most High, is not able to be found in any dictionary of the world, so to be our living shield, so that he can take upon himself the hits of the vile curse that pursues us by the sinful seed of our fathers, this is to protect and block us from the wrath of God, protect and block us from the deception of the evil one, protect and block us from the evil and slanderous tongue, protect and block us from the curse of all nature of illness, 
protect and block us from the curse of poverty, protect and block us from the curse of untimely death, protect and block us from the sinful life that was passed on to us from our fathers. Looking at this list, which contains such intervention from all nature of existing enemy, the Holy Spirit in the given per Psalm of David in the meaning of the name of God's shield has concealed the inherited lot of the Son of God in whom and by whom every person collaborating their faith with the faith of God in the name of God's shield is called to be protected from their enemies and also receive the victorious ability to keep and increase the profit received from the silver of their salvation, which we have returned to profit in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is, stand upon your enemy so that you could take from him what belongs to us but is within his possession. Because if you are defending yourself, you will never take what belongs to you. God says, here's the promised land. It is yours. But if they had just set up a barrier uh, behind the Jordan so nobody uh, would uh, pretty much come against them, it wouldn't have worked. They needed to be the one to attack, and they took city by city, city by city. I perfectly understand when one area of our body we have overcome in our essence, we there is an area we have overcome, but another we haven't. And so when we do what we don't want to do, then that means that area is still within the hands of the enemy and we need to take it from the enemy. Considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God and man, it becomes vital for us to determine in each aspect of our essence the role of God and the role of man. And for this purpose, as with the previous names of God, called to be the lot of our salvation, it is necessary for us to study four classical questions which will help us get to know the essence of our inheritance in the name of God's shield so that we provide God with the legitimate foundation he needs to use his, his names in battle for the adoption of our bodies. According to scripture, what are the identifications and qualities of the name of God in the purpose of his glorious name, shield? What purpose being in the role of our protector did God allocate for himself? And what role has he placed upon us? What conditions do we need to fulfill to provide God with the proper foundation that he needs to allow us to take part in the unsearchable inheritance of his name and the virtue of a living shield of our faith? And by what signs do we examine ourselves as to whether we are truly collaborating our faith with the faith of God in the virtue of his name, shield? We will keep in mind that all acts of God relating to his protection are called to happen by collaborating our faith with the faith of God, where we see the role of God in the function of our helper and the role of man in the function of the responsible party, clearly, clearly identified and outlined. This means that until we fulfill our role identified in the three above-mentioned acts, God will not have any legitimate basis to fulfill His role so that He can destroy the stronghold of death in our body and replace it with the erection of the stronghold of life to protect us from the enemy that lives within our body. Not having clear and exhaustive responses to these questions, which we are able to receive exclusively by being instructed in faith, we will not have any opportunities to turn our silver to profit in the form of the existing in us deposit of salvation so that we can then receive it ourselves receive our salvation as a possession and the fruit of our spirit that has grown in the Eden of our spirit. 
and this means that without a strict and voluntary obedience to the preached word spoken by the person who possesses the authority of a father of God and his helpers that are in the same spirit with him, we will not have any opportunities to receive profit in the form of the fruit of righteousness from the seed of guarantee that we have turned to profit or that we have invested. For all of the promises of God in, ho- in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Second Corinthians one twenty. Jesus also said to Peter, this was to all apostles, the sins you forgive will be forgiven, and the sins that are re- you retain will be retained. In other words, God passed on, Christ ma- passed on the mandate to His apostles, and only the apostles were able to forgive sin or retain sin. And we will remember that only that person that thirsts to hear the word of God drills into this word, lives by this word, abides in this word, and this word abides in him, is able to stand in battle against the ancient serpent and escape the deceptive nets of the devil so that he can inherit the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ. For the most part, the sermons that are given today are nets of the devil, where he catches souls. They are calm and they think that they're caught into the nets of the kingdom of heaven, not even considering the fact that the person who's telling them anything, he is not a father. He does not have seed. <clears throat> he is. He just casts these deceptive nets. He's caught himself into them and now he's catching others. When we ca- catch ourselves into the nets of the kingdom of heaven or the snares of the kingdom of heaven, the confessions of the faith of our heart, we become then a net or snare for others, uh, the king, snare of the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, without the collaboration of our faith, with the powers contained in the name of God's shield, concealed in our heart, we will not be able to please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, Hebrews 11.6. In a specific format, we already looked at the first two questions and have been study- studying the third question. What conditions do we need to fulfill to provide God with the proper foundation that He needs to allow us to partake in the unsearchable inheritance of His name, the virtue of a living shield of our faith? Four of the components of the price giving God the legitimate foundation that He needs to allow us to partake in the unsearchable inheritance of His name in the form of the living shield of our faith have already been subjects of our study. I will shortly remind us of their essence and we will turn to the fifth component. First component of the price giving us the power to the right to be a partaker of the imperishable and unsearchable inheritance of Christ and God that is contained in the power that is in the name of God's shield consists in fulfilling the condition giving us the ability to worship the Heavenly Father in spirit and in truth. Second component is consists in the condition to accept the Gadites who came to us in the wilderness to demonstrate for us the power of the name of God and the virtue of our living shield. The third part Uh, consists in obtaining a righteous heart before God. And fourth component of the price was called to consist in walking before God. The fifth component of the price giving us the power to the right to partake in the imperishable and unsearchable inheritance of Christ and God contained in the power of His name shield taking the hits that are directed at us on Himself consists in the price fulfilling the condition to have trust upon God and upon His word or hope upon it. As for God, His way is perfect, the word of the Lord is proven, He is a shield of, to all who trust in Him. Second Samuel 22.31 According to the statement, we conclude that God is a living shield only for those saints who have hope upon God 
and his word. And so the question, what is, what conditions do we need to fulfill so that we can receive this hope because God will protect only those people who have this hope upon him, upon his word. Hope is a strong and immovable foundation upon which we are called to build ourselves into a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. Hope that is received by us in the seed of the preached word about the kingdom of heaven is the treasure of an upright heart, which contains the bond of all of the oath promises of God. The oath promises of God are made up or consist of hope. Our heart is a treasury for this hope, and such hope is always linked to waiting. The absence of hope in the heart of a person is the absence of knowledge and understanding of who God is to him and what he has done for him, as well as what needs to happen to inherit all that God has done for him in Jesus Christ. As it is written, my my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest to me. Because you have you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Hosea 4, 6. And so here we're referring to uh, promises that we have grown from the seed into fruit. And so if we will be ignorant, then we will lose the promises that we have and our salvation also. We more than once have paid attention to the fact that the ignorance of man linked uh, to the absence of hope in his heart is not just ignorance in the faith teaching or untested innocence. This is an outward refusal of wholesome truth for the benefit of their own personal interpretation, the interpretation of his own human mind. An insufficiency of knowledge is the result of refusing to receive this knowledge upon them implemented by God requirements. Therefore, hope that abides in the heart of a man in the virtue of the collection of all of the oath promises of God is an unexhaustive potential of God that abides in the heart of a good person. As it is written, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks Luke 6.45 and so the evil that is spoken is the words that are not in his heart he looks at the Bible and he they speak people speak uh, what is consisting in the Bible but not in his heart and the scriptures call such a person evil why do you take my words in your mouth and you cast them behind you as you don't understand what God's commandments are and how to fulfill them that every commandment has a statute how to fulfill it what you need to do you have your own commandments you have your own instructions that you have called God's revelations you have your own prophets that prophesy how to serve God you don't acknowledge the scriptures as uh, the the scriptures as the primary 
they just they look to these so-called vessels that will prophesy to them a good person is a person that brings forth good hope upon God and his word from his heart and an evil person brings forth evil things from the abundance of the heart one speaks and so this arrogance of a person evil and God receives this arrogance he sees it this arrogance and he sees it as evil he looks in the Bible and proclaims things that are not in his heart and so again a good person is a person that brings forth good hope upon God and his word from his heart considering this principle I will remind us of some defining facts of how the soil of our heart that in its origin and by its identification is evil and it becomes then good and is able how does it become good from evil it becomes good and is able to make the heart the treasury of hope upon God and upon his word why were these people not able to put hope in their heart they listened to the word but they have not cleansed their heart their hearts from dead works it is evil it's not cleansed and so they repeat these words they say the same things that we say but we bring it out of our heart and they bring it out of uh, what we read which is the Bible they say it's written we say it's written also but it's written upon our heart it's written clearly uh, write it upon the tablets of your heart so that the reader can easily read it clearly write the revelation that I've given you it is not going to happen soon it will take time but wait for it the waiting for it it will come and it will not <clears throat> he will fulfill what he has said and so what do the scriptures imply when it speaks of the good potential of soil in the form of our hope with which we are called to collaborate with the commands of heaven so that we can grow the fruit of righteousness and in this way fulfill our purpose on earth first component in identifying the good potential of our heart in the form of our trust upon God and upon his word or hope upon God and his word transforming the soil of our heart from evil to good is knowing the truth consisting in the blood of the cross of Christ which is called to cleanse our conscience from dead works to make it able to serve the living and true God when we receive the seed into the good soil this is serving God thus a true and living God at this time knowledge about God happens God gets to know us and we get to know him because God is a refuge only for those people whose heart is cleansed from dead works because the word refuge is one of the meanings is to run to God to approach God the enemy says I or the prophet says I have approached the prophetess and she uh, bore a, a child and in this case of course approaching meaning that you intimately get to know like a husband and wife would get to know one another it's the same thing here that we get to know God and God gets to know us when we receive his words we get to know him this word we get to know uh, God in his word and he gets to know us 
How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Hebrews 9.14 I won't go too far into uh, this first component, as you know how the blood of Christ works and how the cross of Christ works, and that they, one without the other, do not work, that it's not possible to have the abilities of the blood, the treasury of blood, if you don't have the key of the cross of Christ to get to it. Because the cross of Christ separates us from the manufacturer of sin, the producer of sin, and the blood cleanses us from committed sins. The cross separates from the producer of sin. Second component in identifying the good potential in our heart in the form of our uh, of our hope upon God and upon His Word, transforming the soil of our heart from evil to good, is the good seed that is received into the good soil of our heart, consisting of the promise of the kingdom of heaven in the form of the stronghold of life. And so the seed of the kingdom of heaven, not just salvation, Jesus came and preached the kingdom of heaven. People don't like to talk about the kingdom of heaven. They like talking about salvation that is free. Because for the kingdom, you have to pay a price. To be able to enter the kingdom, you have to pay a price. But for salvation, as they think in their mind, they you don't need to pay a price. So you don't. They don't preach about the kingdom of heaven. They preach about salvation only, about free salvation. Forgetting that free salvation and the kingdom of heaven are one and the same. <clears throat> this provides God with the legitimate grounds to be our living shield, taking upon Himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Together, that is all creation uh, in groans and labors. And so, only one who is wise with a great intellect are able to do this. These are the archangels, these are angels, and they suffer. And not only that, this creation, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan. And so in the original, as it, here we read, we have the first fruits of our spirit, but in the original it says, the governance of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if he, we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance, Romans 8, 22 through 25. It's like your parents have opened up an account and put an immeasurable amount in there. And they say that you can't use this money until you satisfy specific requirements or conditions, but you don't, you don't have means, but you need to fulfill these conditions first. And when you fulfill those conditions, then you will be able to take from your account. God can then be your living shield. Hope in the form of the collection or bond of all of the oath promises of God received by us in the good soil of our heart is the unsearchable and unexhaustible potential of eternal life called to be opened up in the implemented by God time in the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ by obeying our faith to the faith of God. And so when we even now proclaim the not existent as existent, a person who has cleansed his conscience from dead works to serve the living and true God 
the scriptures ascribe to the virtue of the good seed and members this person to the sons of the kingdom of heaven. We talked about this already. When we receive the seed, we ourselves become the seed. So we understand what, what's being said here. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows this good seed is the Son of Man. And so to grow the seed and to turn our, the guarantee or the deposit of our salvation so that we can profit, we need to first die with this seed. We become then this seed. And the seed won't bear fruit until it dies. As Apostle Paul says, foolish ones, do you not know that the seed, until it dies, it won't be able to bear fruit? You say, there will be a resurrection or not, so the resurrection can occur. You need to submerge yourself into the death of Christ so that you can be resurrected. And so he said, <clears throat> He who sows the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, the good seed are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. And so these are people who say, I accept this word that I hear. <clears throat> and so they, they say they accept it, but these are sons of the wicked ones. And these, uh, the, it's not actually placed into their heart because they have bad soil in their heart. And <clears throat> but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sows them is the devil. And so who is the devil? He's the deceiver. The enemy who sows them is the devil. He's the deceiver. And so when he reveals the truth and makes us so wonderful about the cross, uh, the blood of Christ, that you receive everything there, it could protect you, but he doesn't uh, reveal the truth about the cross of Christ. It, he doesn't explain that this truth doesn't work without the cross. If you don't carry your cross, if you don't collaborate with the cross of Christ, that's the problem. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. And so in this place where we're reading all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, these shouldn't be separated because when it says here, the, because those that offend are also those who practice lawlessness. They, these often uh, young people come to me and repent and I ask them, D are you the only one who did this uh, deed? And they say, no, we had a group of them. There was a group of us but I don't ex uh, reveal who was in their group. And so if, and I don't say who these are, because if you say who they are, do you think that they're going to become, or want to become free of the drugs that they take? I wait for them themselves to come to me so that they can repent individually. Don't think you re will receive salvation if you're 
a drug addict, if you're a drunkard, if you're smoking or whatever, whatever is you inhale or take, and then they say they have depression, and they try to treat it also with drugs, this depression. In the casting into the furnace of fire, there will be a wailing and gnashing of teeth. And so many people had said, even in this church, I will never leave this place, never. In two weeks, like a plug within a bottle or you prop it, just shoots out. That's how fast that they shot out of the church. And so at the same time, I saw that they were going to leave because they weren't listening. They weren't obeying the word. They wanted to do something. One always came to me and I want to write, I want to speak poems. And always about poems and about poems. And it didn't edify the body. The word of God edifies because in these uh, poems there were these there were wrong interpretations of, and and things like that. I'll cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has an ear, let him hear. What uh, those who have an ear, let them hear. Matthew. 1336 through 43. According to the given parable, the good seed is is fully a new creation in Christ Jesus, or a new person that is born from God in Christ, from the seed of the word of truth abiding forever. Considering this, a person can be called good exclusively in his origination from God. Therefore, to become good is practically impossible. You need to be born born good. As with the wellspring of all good and the wellspring of all good works, it is in God, it comes from God, and is called God. Due to this, if we are originally evil, we are not able to become good by doing good works. We are able to be called good and do good because we are, in origin, we are born from the preached to us good seed of the word of truth. We are well familiar with the fact that all nature of seed on earth contains a program in itself in accordance to the nature of this seed, which is the potential of this seed, which is called to be revealed upon the condition that the seed is, is sown into good soil. Then the potential of this program will be revealed, this program of God that will trans begin to transform us into his image and likeness. The nature of the seed of the Word of God, unlike all the various other types of seed on earth, contains the program of eternal life. And this program, unlike any other program, contains in various other types of seed on earth, is such a transcendent potential of eternal life that is unexhaustive and unsearchable. The second Word of God, the seed that is sown and that we eat, that we consume, that we're clothed, into that we drive and so forth God created all of this from the earth but this is the secondary or second word as it is and it is necessary that we have the first word that the first work with the second if we don't have the second we will survive with the first but if there's no first we will not survive it will not bring us into to eternal life there's life but it's not eternal eternal life is only in the word the bread that we eat, it has life in it, but it's not eternal. 
people die, they eat this bread and die anyway. But Christ said, those who eat the bread that I will give them will never die. When we receive this food, this bread, you will not die. You've passed from death to life. And you'll say, how? We die. No, we don't die. We pass from death to life. We pass, we don't die. We just go to the Lord. We pass from a temporary time to eternal time. And the potential of this program is called to be revealed here on earth in the last days when in the bodies of the chosen by God remnant, the stronghold of eternal life will be erected and their bodies will be clothed into the grown by them fruit of righteousness. At the door of the opening up of the potential of the future hope and the adoption of our bodies by the redemption of Christ, there will be a sign that will be shown and this is the separation of the weeds in the form of the wicked and lawless men from the wheat in the form of the chosen by God remnant and the bundling of those weeds into sheaves which will be specific types of religious unions or groupings. Third component of the identification of the good potential in our heart in the form of our trust upon God or our hope upon God and upon His Word, transforming the soil of our heart from evil to good is our partaking to the religion to the glorious inheritance of the saints and exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Such partaking to the glorious inheritance of the saints providing God with a legitimate foundation to be our living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed us by our enemies, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of this calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his and so riches and glory it's referring to this hope and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places with his hope, God uh, resurrected Jesus Christ. And when he left, he was said, I will be resurrected in the third day. He had hope in that. God gave him this hope. And he said, I will resurrect and wait for me in Galilee. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in the age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. And so during the time of trials and difficult times, he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all the all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so how does God comfort us? He comforts us by hope, the hope that we have. Ephesians 1, 17-23 We need to immediately note that the potential of hope containing the glorious inheritance of the saints and exceeding greatness of God's power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power is called to serve as our comfort in the midst of sorrow and persecution for the truth. And so it hasn't yet happened what needs to happen, but God is at peace because it will happen. And he says, wait, it may tarry, but wait for it. It still will happen. And God finds his peace in that. 
if there would not be hope, then God would not be the God of hope. And if he would not have been God, the God of hope, he would not be able to find us rest, seeing our sufferings. But we are delivered from our sufferings in this hope. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, 2 Corinthians 1.3. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and morning were the sixth day. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his works, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in, he, <clears throat> in it he rested from all his work, which... God had created and made Genesis 1:31 and 2 2 through 3 <clears throat> according to the, to the given thought the end result of every good work is demonstrated and embodied in the Sabbath which is the body of Christ Jesus in the form of the chosen by God remnant where God finds his rest and is God's house and so his house is his hope and he will bring it to his glory and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh and the Sabbath is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in the sixth day, the Lord made the heavens and earth. For in the six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, he rested and has and was refreshed. Exodus 31, 12 through 17. God says, you are a light to the world. You are uh, the sons of light and the sons of day. And I sometimes ask the question, and often when I have conversations with Christian people who followed the Sabbath day uh, in its uh, literal form, and so it says, you are sons of light, sons of day. And so there was the first day, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. But you are the son of what day? First, second, third, or fourth? You fulfill the Sabbath day, not as the sons of day. You are not a light. For Why did God say to Israel that they follow it? Because this is light. Because Israel was not a light at the time. The reason was because the law that they will f were fulfilling, it did not justify them. This was the service of condemnation. This law revealed sin and gave power to sin, and it did, did not justify them. Because of this, they were not able to be light. A righteous can only be a light. When a person receives truth, he becomes a light. When he receives righteousness, when he grows himself, he becomes a light. And so, God rests in his Sabbath, in his body, in his house, in those people who are his rest, his resting place, who have given God the ability to rest in them. And to give them God rest, you need to pass these six days of creation. 
you need to be the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and then become the seventh day. Because every day did something else. And every after every day, there was night time. And then the next day. It's the same thing with us. We submerge ourselves into the death of the Lord Jesus and we rise again. And every promise to grow any promise, for every promise you need to be submerged into death so that you can receive this promise and resurrection. You can't submerge yourself once for all of the promises together so that you can immediately receive all of them. No, it's not. that's not how it happens. City by city, the Israelites conquered city by city. And so for every city, they needed to be they need to submerge themselves in the, into the death of the Lord Jesus so they can receive the fruit of this city in resurrection symbolically. And so when any promise is to be received, you receive it in the form of a seed. You yourself then become the seed. You die and then you receive that promise. There are a lot of promises, but there are promises that contain all of the rest of the promises. You know, a promise... The promise of the incorrupt body contains all of the other promises in it, all of them, because they all were focused on on, on the house of God where God finds his rest. It's good when you have received the promise and have cleansed your conscience from dead works. But you cleansed it, but this was just the beginning. This is the beginning, and so now into the soil you need to receive the seed, and the seed needs to be grown into fruit, and the fruit then can, uh, this grown fruit can then give the Lord rest. And you also find rest and I, all of us together, when we confess, when we sing, when we sing and we meditate about what we sing, when we don't just sing, but and we also, we pray this song. Then this promise becomes alive. God has said, a person who violates my Sabbath day will be put to death. In the sixth of he, uh, book of Hebrew, sixth chapter, it says, "Don't leave my church, my my church, because there is a great uh, indignation waiting." This is not just in the Old Testament. This is in the New Testament also. A person who violates the Sabbath, the fact that you can't come physically, you got sick, or you're you're vacationing, you're not breaking the Sabbath. The Sabbath is broken when you're forsaking it. A person doesn't come to the service because he's forsaking it. Because he has something, and because of that something, he just forsakes it. As Esau forsook his for birthright, he said, what is this birthright? Let me just eat. As we understand, this is forsaking. You can come, sit here physically, and also forsake the body forsake this church, uh, speak of it negatively, complain against it, not accept the words of the pastor, receive what you like and reject what you don't like. And so you need to eat the entire lamb with bitter herbs. If you remember, that was the requirement. And so a person who is not the Sabbath of the Lord by their organic unification with the chosen by God remnant in the form of a specific church of saints that possesses 
that does not that possesses the good uh, the virtue of a good wife is not able to possess good soil of the heart one again who is not the Sabbath of the Lord and furthermore is not able to have in his heart the ex, uh, exo- unexhaustive and unsearchable potential contained in hope upon God and upon the revelations of his word so that they can provide God with legitimate grounds to show himself to such a person in the form of a living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies that are in his body in the form of the old person with his deeds as well as out of his body. Is the better hope that is placed into our heart by the means of which we are, we draw near to God on it, on the new way, which is Jesus Christ who leads us to God. I'm talking about the better hope that we put into our heart and by using this we draw near to God which gives God the legitimate basis he needs to be our shield taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies fourth component in identifying the good potential in our heart in the form of the hope we have upon God and his word is the better hope that is placed into our heart through which we draw near to God by the new way who is Jesus Christ who leads us to God for the law made nothing perfect on the other hand there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God and as and inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath for they have become priests without an oath but he with an oath by him who said to him the Lord has sworn and will not relent you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek by so much more Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant Hebrews 7:19-22. And so, ta- they were talking again of the priest that did not have an oath, but these had an oath. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety for a better covenant. He has become for us this oath. Jesus speaking of himself as the better hope that leads to God, as to your heavenly Father in his time said, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Or through those whom I have sent while I'm on earth, he told the disciples, no one can. But when I leave, as the Father sent me, I send you. And so no one can come to the Father except through those people whom the Lord has sent. Apostle Paul had written, there's no promise that a person can receive without the apostles. All of the promises of, of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of through us. Only by receiving Christ into your heart in the form of your living hope, where, where and by which we can have our heart directed to God himself, is how our good, unexhaustive and unsearchable potential of the powerful life of God is identified and opened up. As it is written, the street of the city was pure gold. In the original, it says one that is uh, refined gold, like transparent glass. Revelations twenty-one twenty-one. The street of the city that is re- that it's referring to here is hope that in the Eden of our heart is the way and path, serving as direction, serving to for us as direction to a specific goal, which is God Himself. The street of the city, which is hope. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, Psalm 84, 5. 
when your way is directed to God, when your path is directed to God, when a person always meditates about, he walks upon this path, he wants to do something for the Lord, but do what will give him joy and will give him rest. When they told Christ, can we walk with you or follow you? He said, no, how can you follow me? You have uh, holes for foxes, nests for birds, but you have no place for the Son of Man to lay his head. And for to the other, he said, follow me. Why? Because he didn't have these holes for foxes and did not have nests for birds, unclean thoughts. In the given place, it is referring to such a strength and such a path that are directed to God in the heart of man, which is the hope of our calling and our election. The symbol of the pure river of life, clear as crystal, that comes from the throne of God and of the Lamb, that flows in the middle of the street and is a part of the street in our heart, is the truth, the elementary teaching of Christ and the governing of the individual Holy Spirit, who reveals the meaning of this truth in our heart. The symbol of the tree of life that grows on the one and other side of the river of life is the fruit of righteousness that is grown within our spirit from the seed of the kingdom of heaven by the means of our collaboration with the elementary truth and with the Holy Spirit who reveals this truth in the heart. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal. We're studying here our hope. This is hope that is described in this way, how beautifully it's described. This is hope, true hope in the heart of a person. When it's opened up, that's how it looks, because it consists of promises. And so this will be in our heart as this pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb, because we have received this this truth, the preached word, from the throne and the Lamb, the throne of God and the Lamb, by the person whom He has sent. In the middle of its street and on the other side of the river was the tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree <coughs> were for the healing of the nations. Revelations 22.1.2 This is not something that will be in the new heavens and new earth because there nobody will be ill. There will not be a need for healing of nations. God will eat these fruits and so will we and the trees, uh, leaves of the trees for the healing of nations. Why are people wanting to be, so much wanting to be leaves and not thinking of the fruit? If you remember the fig tree, the Lord, uh, Jesus became hungry and he came to a tree and it was just leaves and he cursed the tree and said, may no one eat fruit from you again. And the fig tree dried out and the disciples became surprised. How is it? Why is it written, why was this written in scripture so that we understand that our desire to evangelize, to heal, to help, it needs to be secondary when it comes to your relationship with God. If you don't have a healthy and correct relationship with Him, you will not be able to heal people truly. This will be then deceptive. The devil will be then healing through you. And they will not be able to draw to God, either draw near to God, because the healing of the nations, the leaves for healing of the nations, 
The Lord will be glorified, the Father will be glorified when you bear much fruit, not when you heal that people, when, but when you bear much fruit. In this way, the component of the potential of our hope in God, identifying the good soil in our heart and the direction of our heart, is the street in the form of the pure or refined gold, the river of life that flows in the middle of this street and the tree of life. Identifying the essence of the nature of a purified and clear gold within our heart in the form of our hope upon God and upon His Word, we need to keep in mind that in nature there is no such thing first as a pure gold and second gold that is as transparent as glass. In the innermost part of our earth from which God created our bodies, any parcels of gold contain various and foreign inclusions that are not part of the gold family. Identifying within our heart the potential of hope in the structure of gold that is transparent like glass, the scripture implied that this gold that is received into our heart, which is truth presenting the potential of the format of our hope upon God, is cleansed in such a method, in such a way that it has become the light of life. God has cleansed, and to clean, clean it, you need to be put into the furnace to be able to separate from us the inclusions of the flesh. It's included in, so, in such a way for the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the same in the safety for which he yearns. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from his from this generation forever. It's not talking just about the gold we've received. When we receive and the Lord began to melt us together with this gold, will we re- be re- remain faithful to this word if we become sick and the illness is not leaving? Will your hope remain or will it become stronger? When you understand that God is your hope and that He absolutely will fulfill what He has said. I will keep them, O Lord, you you will keep them, O Lord, you shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Here it's not talking when it's, when it says, when it says here that, People will be put placed into safety when it says the oppression of the poor. It's not talking about literally poor people, but it's talking sp- about spiritually. Psalm 12, 5 through 8. And as it says, as pure words, uh, like silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Psalm 12, 5 through 8. And so when in the church, when the wicked uh, uh, become arrogant, when they put carnal men, episcopals and pastors and deacons, then of course, the wicked walk from here and there. And so the word of God that comes out of the mouth of God is pure and does not requ- is not required to be purified in the furnace. But when this word, by listening, falls into the soil of our heart, it needs to be cleaned in the furnace from the inclusions and desires of our flesh. If a person does not have in himself the potential of such hope that would be able to 
melt uh, that is melted and cleansed from inclusions of the flesh, such a heart is not able to be called good if it can't do this. So that our heart would become clean as this uh, transparent glass. It would be purified in such a way. And so the words that are put into our heart, they need to be cleaned from the ambitions of our flesh. And for this purpose, God has prepared a unique technology which he has, which can, is contained in the truth of the uh, blood of the cross of Christ. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 6, 7. And so, until our heart is cleansed by the blood of the cross of Christ from the chaff of the flesh, that is, from dead works, which we call as good works, we will not be able to be obedient to the Lord or to accurately fulfill His commandments. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself with a spot to God and cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Hebrews 9.14 When the first person became disobedient to God and tried to become like God, by using uh, forbidden means, he lost the, the opportunity to reveal his potential in God and the ability to fulfill God's commands, to be ready to fulfill good works and in this way present yourself to God as a, uh, a path of the Lord that is transparent as, as glass. I want to turn our attention to the technology of purifying ourselves from all chaff. According to scripture, the role of a person and the knowledge of a person to be able to cleanse his heart from dead works. Cleansing is separating. Separate yourself from people who are lawless and who are wicked or have died to God. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having the seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who uh, who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the Master, prepared for every good work. Second Timothy 2.19-21 To depart from... Uh, unrighteousness or iniquity is to depart from the good and evil, uh, the wellspring of which is our flesh. To depart from iniquity is is the necessity to pursue good goals which identify our hope which are called to reveal themselves in the waiting of our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven. To depart from iniquity, you need to change your destiny or exchange your destiny with Christ by collaborating your cross with the cross of Christ. Where we die for our nation, the house of our Father, and for our the fl- uh, fleshly desires of our uh, soul that is supported by the old man who carries the program of our fathers in the flesh. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify himself, his own special people, zealous for his good work. Titus 2, 13-14 here on earth, there are vessels that are for lower purposes. On the In the new heaven and new earth, there will not be vessels that will be for lower purposes. 
all vessels that are not golden or silver, they will not end up there. They will remain here. And so this is a large house. It's talking about, in the large house, there are many different vessels. It's talking about the church on earth, that in her, there will be vessels for, for lower purposes. If you know, for lower pur- purposes, in the especially in the olden times, they would place these vessels under their beds, and at the, in the nighttime, they would have needs, and so they would use these uh, these vessels, these pots, for that reason. And so these, this is what, and so it's it's similar to the, this. Are people that instead of being uh, being uh, considered of their brothers and sisters, they instead spread bad information and rumors about one another. You are then in the likeness of these vessels of, for lower purposes. If you want to be a vessel of honor, uh, my choice is to be a vessel of honor. And so, summing up the purpose and function of the new path in the blood of the cross of Christ, which identifies the essence of our hope upon God and upon His Word, we conclude that if our clothing, our garments, which is uh, the truth of the cross of Christ, God will not be able to have any basis to be our living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies that are within us as well as out of our body. Our time is up. Amen. Let us bend our knees and pray. And we will pray and thank God for this surprising hope of our calling and our election, which we have placed into our heart that contains all of the the entire spectrum of God's promises and the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. Let us pray. May the Lord bless us. Heavenly Father, In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, together with your saints, whom you have made vessels of honor, used for every good work. May they be blessed before your face now and forever. We have heard your words and we have have accepted into our heart to cleanse ourselves from all chaff, cleanse ourselves and separate ourselves and our relationships that may be with people that are part of the evil company, corrupt company, that we not deceive ourselves. Uh, Evil company corrupts good habits so that we not sin. May your mercy be a blessing for your people. May sins and, and lawless works be released when they repent before you. When you will show their sin and they will repent because of them may they stand upon their lusts their passions and may they rejoice in your spirit when all the nations of the world today are in panic from the events that are coming upon the earth the cataclysm even natural cataclysm and political the fear of wars, fear of illness, fear of hunger. You've delivered us. You've placed us 
into yourself and you have placed our heart into glorious hope may your mercy be blessed now and forever our great god son and holy spirit amen our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and now let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to god our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen <laughs>